you don't want your poor mind body to feel scrutinized and you don't want her to feel like you've got a project for her and you're just demanding that she give you seven hours instead of six and by mm -hmm. gosh you only got six and a half last night right you're aiming for seven today that again there's the hyper arousal which you are shall we say unconsciously stimulating right and that's the masculine instead the feminine is just as you say you wake up the sun's up back to sleep at nighttime yeah and you let's support our nature rather than lording it over her and telling her what to do. Hello friends and welcome back to Curiously Wise. I am Lauren Wittig and I am your host. And today I have Lucinda Sykes here with me and we're going to talk about sleep, which is a topic that I know most women that I know at, at mid midlife and beyond have issues with. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think we're going to learn some good, useful things today. Lucinda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you indeed. Well, I'm very glad to be here. I'm really looking forward. I say this every time. I'm so looking forward to this conversation, Aww. but I have great conversations all the time. So it's always true. Tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself. For sure. For sure. Well, they're usually interested to know that I'm a retired uh, physician here in Canada. I had a clinic for 22 years, a clinic teaching mindfulness to medical patients who were referred by their doctor for quite a wide range of medical conditions. So I have been uh, teaching mindfulness for a very long time. And then with COVID, we had to give up the in-person teaching at the clinic. And so I decided to retire from medicine, even though, by gosh, I'm not ready to retire from, you know, from helping mm -hmm. people, from informing people. So now I, uh, I guess you could say I'm officially working online and I'm, I'm coaching women after 50 who have problems sleeping. So that's where I am. I'm a longtime mindfulness teacher who was a medical doctor. Mm. That's a lovely combination. It's not something you find often. I'm very glad about this. In fact, now that I'm no longer practicing medicine, I find I can speak more forthrightly <laughs> about some of the problems that I can see in, in medicine. And I, I hope that serves, serves people to hear about that yeah. from the perspective of a longtime physician. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of my dreams is that we bring the, you know, the, the spiritual healing you know, ideas, which includes mindfulness and breath work and energy healing and just doing things like getting out in nature more often. <laughs> I, oh, yes. I really want to bring those two together because they actually complement each other. There's times oh. is better than the other, but together they're more powerful. So definitely. In fact, the irony is that there are often research papers that will be confirming that which you are promoting. For example, yeah. exposure to the natural world. We know that women live longer if they live close to the natural world. Yeah. Yeah, it's overlooked in part because the overarching uh, medical model still um, doesn't really accommodate this understanding. No. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the first time now I know this is not where we were going, but we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about this anyway. Or jump in. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I ever read about nature being used in a, as a healing modality was in Japan. Yes, forest. Yeah, where people were were encouraged to go forest bathing. Yes. Um, yes. And it was mental health stuff. It was amazing. And, yeah. and I just got so excited by that because it's such a, 
I want to say it's a simple thing. It's a simple thing for me. I live in a a wonderful medium-sized town that has beautiful woods all around it and parks and and good walking trails and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's very easy. I know if you live in, you know, downtown Manhattan, I guess that's why everybody likes to go to to, uh, Central Park there, you know, so... But it's it is amazing to me how much research and, and science there is being done on oh, yes. what, what we call alternative or complementary uh, modalities. And well, it's, it's definitely I, I have forest bathing in my PDFs and I'll be telling people about that. Good. Yeah. Right. yeah. Happy sleep secrets. I recommend that people go and be with the natural world every day if they can. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. yeah it's it's definitely in some of my hardest times oh, wow. in the last decade with you know family dying and that sort of thing, uh, I spent a lot of time in the woods just because it yes. my nervous system. Yes. You know? And yep. uh, it really was a benefit, a huge benefit. <laughs> well, rightly, it belongs in medicine and the yeah. research is there. But yeah. medicine's a little slow. Lumbering <laughs> along, medicine is a little bit hidebound there. Yeah. Yeah. But it accommodates mindfulness. There I was teaching yeah. MBSR in a medical model. Where my patients were all referred by fellow physicians in downtown Toronto. So yeah. it does, it, there is room. There is room. Yeah. Yeah. I had another client, another client, another guest who was working with a children's pain clinic, I think out in California. It's been a while. I can't remember okay. exactly. Okay. For 12 years. And she was doing Reiki and yes. of energy healing and having tremendous results. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. If you can get the results and even better, if you can put them in a credible scientific paper and publish mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. then medicine lumbering along begins to uh, change. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So. One practitioner right. at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and every, every time we can get a little bit more in there, that's, you know, it helps. It just yes. opens the door a little bit wider. Oh, yes. Because yeah. we want to help people. That's, yeah. 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 That's the, that's the end goal, right? Let's help yeah. you feel better. <laughs> so, well, that gives us a nice segue into this topic of sleeping. Fantastic. It does. Yes. I know that in some of the notes you sent me, you said more than a third of women 50 plus have unsatisfactory sleep. So let's start with what do you mean by unsatisfactory sleep? Well, that's a, probably an underestimate, actually. It's okay. sleep that they complain about. Sleep mm-hmm. that is a concern to them that they may even tell the doctor about. Sometimes they don't tell the doctor, but they, it's, they, they aren't sleeping the way they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, often they're not awakening, feeling restored. We yeah. call it restorative sleep. It's not available to them. Frequently they're awakening in the middle of the night, frequent arousals. Their sleep is fragmented. And very commonly is about waking too early in the morning and can't get back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A range of different ways that sleep is is a trouble. And by the way, the demographic that takes the most sleeping pills is women after 50. Okay. So it's an enormous trouble now that we're coming to understand the, well, let's use the word, the toxicity of uh, sleeping pills, Mm -hmm. uh, especially if they're taken for, you know, more than a week or two, such serious side effects. Hmm. And by gosh, it's women over 50 often taking them and they can least afford the side effects. Right. Right. Yeah. All too often medications are really tested on men too. So, you know, um, they really know what, how they're going to react they're for, for short periods of time. Yeah. 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 So, yes. so what are, what are some of the causes of that? I mean, I, I know hormonally there's a shift. 
It's a very interesting question. In fact, I just finished a, a, a webinar called Why Can't You Sleep? And there are, we call it multifactorial cause. There's multiple factors that contribute to sleeplessness, especially in the second half of life. And you could list all of those. It took me a 40-minute webinar to do that. So we'll do that here. the highlight. Yes. The highlight is that, gosh, you could have some family predispositions. But uh, probably the overarching concern is something that sleep scientists call hyperarousal. That's a fancy term for the mind won't be quiet. <laughs> mind carries on and carries on, especially women. We have a tendency to self-criticism, self-judgment. We have a lot of regret on board and so on. Anxiety is very common amongst women, especially in the second half of life. <laughs> and all these psychological conditions contribute to an overactivation, what the scientists are calling hyperarousal, and that interferes with our natural capacity to relax into sleep. Yeah, I, I was thinking as you were saying that, that for me, having kids was my major sleep deprivers. Yes. You know? yes. And then right through high school. Habit. <laughs> yeah, you get, one gets a habit. Women get a habit of sleeplessness from the, mm -hmm. caring for the, the kids when they're young. Yeah. 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 So what do you, what do you suggest for those who are having the, this hyperarousal or, you know, the, uh, this voice that won't stop. That's if I'm going to have a bad night's sleep, it's because I wake up in the middle of the night and my brain starts running. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I approached you to speak with you, Lauren, because I really wanted to feel free to discuss the feminine principle. Perfect. And encouraging people to approach their concerns about sleep through the, the framework of the feminine principle, rather than, shall we call it, the more masculine side. The masculine side is, there's a problem, that's a goal, let's fix mm -hmm. it. And I'm not opposed to that, what physician is. However, that attitude of, there's a problem, it's a goal, let's fix it, actually can contribute to hyperarousal. Mm -hmm. Because then your sleeplessness becomes a, shall we call it, a problem. It's an identified <laughs> issue that needs to get solved. And gosh, you even go to the doctor, they give you a diagnostic label, and then you're set. Mm -hmm. You have a mm -hmm. diagnostic mm -hmm. label. You're lying there. You can't sleep. You're afflicted with this condition called insomnia disorder or whatever label you've been given. And you want to fix it. And the more you want to fix it, the more the hyperarousal yep. rises. And that's an enormous paradox because, of course, it's all supposedly in the service of correcting this problem. Mm -hmm. But we may well be better served if we take the attitude of the feminine, which is, it's our nature. Being occasionally sleepless is part of human nature. We have <laughs> all done it. And Sleeplessness is a manifestation of our nature. Now, the feminine attitude is one of self-cultivation, self-care, so that we're not trying to correct problems or fix them, but we are cultivating our natural capacity to sleep. Hmm. And our body knows how to sleep. She's been doing it since the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Her genome has the space for sleep. Now, 
there are matters that are occurring, maybe even at the genetic level, which are not allowing her genetic predisposition to sleep, not allowing it to express itself. But nonetheless, it is there. And we can cultivate ourselves, support ourselves, and help the mind-body return to more regular and deeper sleep. Very different than let's fix that pernicious problem that we've labeled insomnia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the anxiety that comes with the label contributes to the problem. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It becomes a story which worsens things. Right. I remember when a- my I was just gonna say yeah. I remember when my kids were, were young and school started so freaking early. Oh. And I am I have never been a morning person, ever. Not even as a an infant. I was not a morning person. So I was having to get up and, and, you know, get them off and stuff. And, and so at night, if I was having trouble sleeping, I would look at the clock and go, oh, I've got, I've got 90 minutes of sleep that I can get. That's it. That's all I can get. I've been awake all night. That doesn't help anything. I finally did learn to take clock out of the bedroom. Yes. (laughs) Don't look at it. (laughs) Yeah, that's in my happy sleep secrets as well. Get rid of that clock. Uh Uh-huh. My husband was like, "Why? Why did you? Why did you move the clock out of the bedroom?" It's like, "Yeah, you don't use it. It just makes me anxious." <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. You see, you, you wisdom is there. Mm-hmm. We turn deeply within ourselves, and we begin to offer ourselves good counsel, yes. good advice. Yes. If we're lucky, there's an expert or two that gives us some ideas, and the inner wisdom says, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to follow that one." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very often, our own nature begins to to advise us. Yeah, and I know as women in this culture, we are kind of trained to dismiss our wisdom. Yes, yeah, can't, can't prove it by finding a fact, you know, in a book somewhere. You just yeah. know that it's right for you, and that's something that I work with a lot of clients on is is embracing your own wisdom and honoring it. Yes, yes, that's foreign to the current medical model. Yeah. 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 It's, it's foreign and it's a, a weakness in the medical model. Yeah. I I have battled with doctors for my children because I was like, this is what's happening. And they go, well, no, I don't see that. It's like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back with that ear infection. It doesn't fit into their model. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't allow for the tremendous range there is one individual to another. Yeah. Uh, Diagnostic labels, even when based on pathology, have different ways of expressing themselves in different right. individuals. Yeah. Well, and, you know, a stay-at-home mom with a baby knows that baby better than anybody. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I had to stand my ground a few times, but I, I like to say I trained a few pediatricians. You know? yeah. <laughs> service. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's one of my concerns is over-medicalization of, of ordinary life. Yeah. Yeah. Of bringing in this cumbersome medical model into, you know, ordinary life and worsening, worsening things. Yeah. So one of the other things I, I really am a champion of is finding wise women to talk to when I have things like this going on. And so in that, since we have a wise woman who is a specialist in the sleep thing, what other kinds of, of suggestions, tips? I know you've got a PDF that, that yeah. you're going to share later, but what other suggestions can you can share with us to help you figure out what's, what's best for yourself? 
Yes, yes. Well, let's make use of the best of the medical model. There's lots of good stuff there. One is they call it sleep hygiene. And Mm. some practitioners sneer at that. But in actual fact, if you change some of your lifestyle, your sleep will often respond. Mm -hmm. Now, it's hard to know exactly what's going to serve you. But like in my PDF, I do have some good sleep hygiene there. But we know that physical activity helps. You do it every day. Some recommend this has to be vigorous, but maybe for other women, it's just you go out for a walk every day. Mm-hmm. It's good to have exposure to a bright light, preferably sunlight. It's good to do it at the same time every day because you want to help your circadian clock. That's within the brain that controls, it's sort of the mastermind control of the sleep cycle. And uh, it is entrained by light. So you expose your yourself to uh, daily light. Sleep scientists say maybe 45 minutes. You can keep your hat on, but uh, nice not to wear glasses at that time. And just mm. have, have some intense sunlight every day if you possibly can. Sometimes people have to use lights and so on, but that's another topic. Mm-hmm. And for sure, sleep scientists, after sleep scientists would say, go to bed at the same time. And Arise in the morning at roughly the same time. And if you didn't have a good night's sleep, so be it. Don't just lie in bed and try to will yourself back to sleep. In actual fact, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for another night of sleep problems because Mm. you're just kind of lying there in bed, not doing much, and you're not building up sleep pressure for the subsequent night. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. If you didn't have a good night's sleep last night, so be it. Get up, go into life, and then let's see what happens the next night. And it's good to, as I say, sleep likes regularity. Mm -hmm. Establish when's your bedtime and then more or less stick to it. Beware the modern temptation to, you know, ignore your bedtime. Mm -hmm. Stay up late and watch those videos and scroll through social media and so on. We're learning now that that can even be harmful. Harmful to, to the the health restorative effects of sleep. Hmm. So avoid that urge to stay up late. And fascinating research. I won't go into it there, mm-hmm. into it here, but uh, really indicating that that's a, that's a harmful habit to get into, especially if you're watching a lot of screens late yeah. at night without realizing it, you're exposing yourself to blue light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the light uh, tends to have a blue quality. It's because of the um, light emitting diodes that uh, that uh, are behind the light of our screens. Also, mm-hmm. our fluorescent lights have a lot of blue light, and that uh, definitely interferes with sleep. The research is very clear mm-hmm. that you're going to be releasing less of the sleep hormone melatonin when you're exposing yourself to blue light okay. because your ancestors they didn't have blue no. at night. <laughs> You know, the sun was setting, it was reddish and yellow, mm-hmm. and you're going to uh, worsen your sleep if you're exposing yourself to uh, bright light and especially blue light later in the day. So that's okay. just some very basic, basic things. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm going through my habits and thinking, yep, I do that, I do that. I have learned in the last couple of years, I'm a TV-holic, I, I you know, admit it, but and my husband goes to bed earlier than I do. So I, but what I've learned is that just when he goes to bed, I turn the TV off. Yeah, there you go. And, and then I, I'll read for a while. Yeah, reading, I go to bed. reading seems to be a lot better. The lights yeah. are a little dimmer. 
And uh, again, they're fascinating research. If you're reading on those devices, you are setting yourself up for sleep problems, even if you don't realize it. The sensitive mm -hmm. equipment whereby we study the brain as we sleep determines that if you've been reading on an iPad, your sleep is not as deep as mm -hmm. if you were reading on a book. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, so that's, that's something I have sort of, I keep adding new habits yes. to my sleep. Yeah. And that's, that's been a really, it's been really interesting to watch it because I fall asleep a lot faster now than I used to. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So. Body she likes. Oh, she likes to sleep. Sleep. You can get into that rhythm. You know, this is self-care. Right. And the feminine, rather than you standing over her and saying, now you better do what I tell you. <laughs> it's time for bed. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the dominance of our culture, mm -hmm. of course. It's a dominant of medicine. That's where all the pharmaceuticals come in. Yeah. And we, we, we don't allow the, the body to restore its natural rhythm for us. Yeah. So because you're a physician, I'm going to ask you this question. There's, there's two things that I, I know people who are taking now to help sleep. Women, all of them. One is melatonin. Yeah, it's very popular now. Yes, yeah. yes. And the other is, is cannabis, you know, gummies. Yeah, it's also very popular. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if, if they have a, if there's, I mean, like with nose spray, I know if I take it more than once or twice in a row, it's, I'm going to have rebound from it. It's going to be a problem, more of a problem than if I just suffer through it. So I'm wondering if those, those sort of more natural sleep aids well, have a similar kind of thing going on. Well, the, the melatonin is, has fewer side effects than do the barbiturate or the benzodiazepines and the Z drugs. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is some suggestion that it is less effective, so to speak, because what it does is it tells the body to go to sleep, but it doesn't keep it in sleep. That's okay. dynamism in the brain. And uh, I, I wouldn't want to offer people advice on that other than to say, if you have to choose between melatonin and a benzodiazepine or a Z drug, melatonin would be the way to go. And in Europe, it's even maybe more widely accepted. Mm -hmm. uh, you may find, however, that it's going to be less effective over time. Okay. And as for the cannabinoids, you know, it's still stuff in mm -hmm. the brain. And what goes on, you see, when you get your brain exposed repeatedly to a chemical, even if it's a chemical that in various forms it makes itself, mm -hmm. but if you are presenting the brain with an imbalance, it will balance the other direction. Okay. In order to accommodate the presence of the, uh, the introduced chemical. Okay. And so it will change the balance of the brain receptors and the like. So there will be a rebalancing that occurs in the presence of the foreign substance. And then when you stop, the brain has to rebalance back. And okay. so we get withdrawal and so on. And, you know, it's probably not the way to go. Yeah. And I'm not opposed to marijuana. I'm from the 60s, you know. I'm yeah. opposed to Yes, but you see, it's still in the end, it's just a chemical. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. That's yeah, perfect. yeah. And probably less is better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes what you're benefiting from is what medicine pejoratively calls the placebo response. But it should not be so rejecting of the so-called placebo yeah. response. Because the placebo response is your own capacity to heal. Right. 
Yes. It's your, your body doing what your body's yes. designed to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you take the little gummy and you say, oh, now I'm going to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you don't need to take as intense a gummy. Yeah. You know, to still give your mind body permission to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Because especially in the latter half of life, you want to strain the brain as little as possible. Okay. You don't want to be introducing strange chemicals. Recently, I just sent out an email to my folks about the evidence that food additives contribute to dementia down the road. Very valid research indicating that if you're in the habit of eating food additives, and it's, almost, it's very difficult not to eat food additives, yeah. Yeah, then you are more at risk for dementia in the subsequent years. So any mm. type of chemical, and let's face it, the cannabinoids, whatever smiley face you might want to put on it, <laughs> it's a chemical. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, maybe it's nice for a Friday night party or something, but maybe you do not want to do this every night. Yeah, yeah, save it for an important, an important yeah, time well, you really need to sleep. You know, let's yeah. take care of, of ourselves. Yeah. So I've, I've been using a sleep app to track and it's yeah. not super, super detailed because it's on my phone. It's not, I'm not wearing a watch or something to bed because I'm not going to do that. But I've been tracking it for probably three or four years now. And so I, I, you know, have found patterns. One of them was, and this didn't really surprise me as a woman <laughs> to learn this, but I sleep much better in the dark of the moon than I do in a very full moon. Oh, yes. And it didn't, once I sort of saw the pattern, I was like, okay. So now I know, you know, if I'm having a bad night's sleep, I'm going, is it a full moon? <laughs> so the, there's that that I've learned, but there's also, there was something else I was going to share about that can't think of it now it'll come back to me but it's it's interesting to do for me it was interesting to do that because it did show me the patterns yes 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 i could understand the patterns better and then i don't stress over them it's like oh yeah it's the full moon i'm gonna have a couple of nights where i don't sleep okay that's fine (laughs) wisdom yes yeah Yeah, you can bring wisdom to sleeplessness right which i mean it's part of human nature you're pointing out that People, you know, follow the the moon in their sleep response, at least some people. And it's been happening for thousands of years, no doubt. And the attitude you bring to it is part of how you can help yourself. Right, right. If you set aside the idea that you have a problem and instead you're being as you are, as you are. Fascinating paper just came out uh, last year. New Zealand researchers assembled a group of older people. Everybody was 61 or older into their 90s and did a series of structured interviews with them about their sleep. Now, what was so interesting to me is half the people were Maori Mm. and the other half were were non-Maori. Oh, how cool. Wasn't that interesting? Because you see, by and large, the researchers observed that the attitude to sleeplessness was different. Mm-hmm. That for the non-Maori people, it's an inconvenience. I mean, it's three in the morning, you can't sleep. How inconvenient. Right. <laughs> I have to get up in the morning and do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Maori people, it's a generalization, but that's how research is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a time for uh, cultural and spiritual practice. Yeah. 
So now it's oh, a gift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe we're looking at maybe the archetypal underpinnings of sleep. Yeah. You look back on how sleep was integrated into ancient Greek medical practice. And you see the, you see some of the same attitude there. Hmm. Okay. The, the people who were sick by the, the early part of the sixth century, they were going to have sleep experience at the temple of the God of healing. Yeah. Because the, the sleep experience was going to facilitate healing and mm -hmm. some of the dreams might speak to the healing that needed to happen. Mm -hmm. It gives us access to, well, as a Jungian analyst, I would say, gives us access to the non-conscious, but. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Like that's your work, for sure. I was just reading your fascinating podcast you gave us earlier in, in this year uh, about the heart chakra. And you're describing a practice that you see, if you're not able to sleep at night, well, why wouldn't one do that? And, and that is something that I've started doing yeah. in the middle of the night or if I can't fall asleep, if, I'm, if I you know, yeah. haven't fallen asleep in the yeah. time, I, I should. <laughs> That's it. Get rid of the should. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I literally have gotten to where I just lie on my back. I put one hand on my heart and one on my solar yeah. plexus yeah. and I just breathe into it. And next thing I know, it's morning. <laughs> Maybe the mind body wants that. Yeah. Maybe it's waking you up. So that you will go to the deeper level yeah. of yourself in this way. So that this is not a technique to induce sleep. There's a whole lot more going on. Okay, this is just fascinating. This is why I wanted to come and speak with you. I yeah. want to point to this dimension, which I believe is overlooked in conventional medicine. Yeah. And especially yeah. for my ladies over 50, it's a tremendous shame. Because right. the, the, the inner life is so rich for them, has so much potential for them. And instead, they have the inconvenience of insomnia. Yeah. I'd like to get rid of, like, time altogether. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like, mm. you know, I'm from a family that were, far were farmers. My dad's dad was a farmer and for generations in, in the Deep South. And I know that they just got up when the sun got up and they went to bed when the sun went down yes. and they worked when, you know, at whatever they got done that day. And nobody, I mean, you know, I don't know how they organize yes. things, you know, the church bell, I guess. So you go to yes. church, you know. Oh, but, yes. But your day wasn't cut up into hours and yes. minutes and seconds. And I would love to live without that. Yes. And I yeah. think that would take a lot of anxiety out of whether you're sleeping or not. And there's room for that. There's room for that. I'm going to just respond to something you said a little yeah. earlier, because I always like to say it if I can. You know, these devices that track your sleep, sometimes the pe people wear them on their wrists or they I wear them. <laughs> it tells them, you know, actigraphy that tells you how active you were and how many hours of sleep you got and so on. You know, that might be useful if you are consulting a, a sleep doctor of some sort. Mm -hmm. Maybe CBTI makes use of such devices. Uh, but in the long run, I'd suggest people get rid of all of that. Yeah. Because you don't want your poor mind body to feel scrutinized. And you don't want her to feel like you've got a project for her. And you're just demanding that she give you seven hours instead of six. And by mm -hmm. gosh, you only got six and a half last night. Right. You're aiming for seven today. That, again, there's the hyper arousal, which you are shall we say, unconsciously stimulating. Right. And that's the masculine. Instead, the feminine is just, as you say, you wake up, the sun's up, 
back to sleep at nighttime. Yeah. And you know, let's support our nature rather than lording it over her and telling her what to do. All right. I think that is a wonderful place to stop. That is such a <laughs> fabulous message. And that was the message I wanted to offer. Yeah, I think, and and I I really do want anybody who's listening to to try to let go of time, especially yes. related to sleep. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, because that's sleep is about when you enter the world of timelessness. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I yeah. I love sleeping. I, my daughter was a sleeper from, I mean, the, from the get-go, she slept like I did. You know, she just slept long and hard, and, and we would talk about dreams. You know, what, did you have a good dream last night? What did you tell me about your dream? <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, just letting go of the shoulds and oughts and have-tos and time. And it's just, it's yes. a, a much better way to live. And and it's hard to do in a culture that is so, like, you have to be here at this time and you have to do that yes. at that time. But, yeah. But what's on our side is it's deep in our nature. Yes. The great feminine underpins it all. Right. The masculine in the end arises like the sun of the great mother. It arises but then drops back and the great mother, she's still here. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I that yeah. Thank so you. Great <laughs> to you, Lauren. Yeah, this has been great. I've learned a lot and you you've kind of opened my eyes to things I was not consciously thinking about, but have clearly been yeah we're seeing this profound mystery that we incarnate yeah. yeah all right so is there anything else you'd like to leave us with after that incredibly wise oh. <laughs> find you online well i teach mindfulness and uh, to women over 50, since I left the clinic, I've narrowed my focus to women in the second half of life because I love them. I'm so fascinated by the second half of life. Mm -hmm. And so I work with women after 50 and I offer them various programs, mindfulness-based programs. So I do teach uh, a few times a year. I call it Mindful Women 50. So mm -hmm. mindfulwomen50.com. We have these programs, just we assemble a group of women who want to spend a month practicing daily mindfulness. Mm. We use the framework of MBSR because, you know, I am a physician and a scientist and I like to give people the framework, the MBSR framework, but then people are left to their own magical devices. We see what shows up. So tell us what MBSR stands for. Mindfulness-based stress reduction. Okay. That is the program that all, so much research has investigated, in fact, hundreds of research papers now showing the uh, benefit that comes to people by uh, participating in such programs. Yeah. 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 It's mindfulness is so good for calming the nervous system. Yes. That for me, that's a lot of, I meditate most days yes. I meditate. I, I and, saw, yeah. And I like to start my day off that way because it sets the intention for the day to be calm and in the flow. Yes. And so, and I think it makes me, helps me sleep better. So, um, well, that was one of the first things I learned when I started teaching MBSR at the clinic was that it really helps sleep. Mm -hmm. I had not been advertising it to my fellow physicians as a way to help patients with insomnia, but they told me that mm -hmm. it helps. But we never tell anybody to improve their sleep. We right. just help them to be present in a mindful way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, our mind is so powerful and, and yes. we can change our reality by changing our mind. 
you know. Well, that's what you're doing with your podcast. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what you're changing. That's what we're doing yep. here. Yep. Just yeah, just to bring a different perspective to whatever yeah. it is, and and it's remarkable how the quality of your life can change. Yes, even if you're not sleeping more, you're sleeping. You know what you are oh, sleeping, yeah. or just those times where you're awake, you get to enjoy them. Yes. Oh, yes. It's fascinating research paper with the Maori and how they yeah. do consciousness. Yeah. I mean, Not an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. It's an opportunity. Yes. And to be with the ancestors they were writing. Yeah. 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 I, I just, I love that. That I'm so, I have a, a cultural anthropology degree from, you know, years I ago. I think I saw that. Yeah. But, so I love, well, I, I love indigenous yeah. cultures because they're so yes. much more okay. in sync with Yes. The natural way we, we should be living. <laughs> you know? Yes. The and I, I believe that you see through mindfulness, you begin to contact that in yourself. It's, yeah, in, our, it's in our genome. I yeah. mean, us. Yeah. We are those Paleolithic ancestors. We are. And we have access to so much more than we think we do in terms yes. of knowledge and, and understanding of the way things work best yes. for us. Yes. We just need to school the analytic mind and school it. So it's... Mm -hmm. Takes a side, side. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Intuition and and just knowing yes. is really important. Yes. Yes. I could see that in your work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah very much. For, very for much. energy healing, I I most definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to bring this to a close. This has been a lovely conversation. I'm so glad that we got to do this today. Yes, so good talking with you. Now, if anybody wants to get on my email list, go to lucindagift.com. And there you'll get the Happy Sleep Secrets PDF. And then you're on the list and I'll let you know what, what's what. Oh, that's Happy, perfect. Okay, lucindamynamegift.com. All right. And we will have, of course, all of these ways sure. to get with her in the show notes. So if you don't have time to write it down, you can go check the show notes later and yeah. find her because I haven't looked at that list yet, but that PDF, but I'm going to get it. And I bet I can add even more good things to my sleep hygiene. Yeah, I, I would hope that I'm pointing to this in yourself that wants to say, oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for being here with us today. I hope you've learned a few tips about how to enjoy the nighttime better. Let's put it I that way. I knew I was meant to speak with you, Lauren. Good. Yes. Well, the universe brings us together with the people yeah. we need to see, right? Yeah. <laughs> and goodbye to your audience. Right. Yep. Out there. Bye, everybody. I will <laughs> see you next week on the next episode of Curiously Wise. In the meantime, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. 
From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity. 